the biggest stories in Australian sport in the last 12, 18 months has been the plight of the Wallabies. And uh, there's a documentary on Stan that uh, goes inside the walls. The Wallabies inside Rugby World Cup 2023. It's now streaming only on Stan. And part of the Stan commentary team for rugby is a legend of the game, Tim Horan, former Wallabies champion these days on the team. And a part of this doco as well is in there. I've, uh, I've heard. I want to find out more about it. He joins us on the line. Good morning, Tim. Mark, uh, yeah, nice to chat, mate. It's uh, yeah, interesting. Um, I watched it about a week ago, got a little sneak peek, and yeah, it's quite interesting how the um, the Rugby World Cup just fell away towards the end, and Eddie Jones as coach and riding behind the scenes. Obviously, you see a lot of players, and they talk to a lot of players as well, interview players about different um, games and um, situations that happen, and it's uh, it's incredible to watch how um, you know in the early part when Eddie Jones you know nearly beat the All Blacks in that Eden to get to the World Cup and, and fail so badly. Well, well, that's the thing. That's the the beauty of I suppose if you're making the docker, and I don't know why they chose this particular time, and you might be able to shed some light on that. But if you're making the docker, you want storylines, you want personalities, and you want ebbs and flows and you know, highlights and pitfalls as well. And from what the Wallabies have gone through in the last twelve months, it couldn't have been any better. Yeah, it was a strange one, wasn't it? Uh, you know, we were there commentating, and you know, the game against Fiji, Fiji were unbelievable. Like, I don't think there would have been a side in the competition that would have beaten them that day. That's how good they were. But then the, the, the tough one was against Wales, where you know you see the players coming. You had to beat Wales to stay in the competition, and then you lose by forty points to Wales. And the the worst thing that I've ever seen, probably in my whole time of playing rugby and commentating for the last twenty years, is seeing. With about 25 minutes to go, a lot of half the Australian supporters who had saved money to be there and to travel on tours and go around France, not just watch the rugby, but tour. And to see them 25 minutes before the full-time whistle to walk out of the game, out of the stadium, and thinking, "Oh, what's going on here?" So that was that was disappointing. You see that in the in the coverage, and you know how players react to that, and you know when players see that sort of thing. And you know Eddie Jones, you know at the start of the um, you know the documentary, you think, oh, "Okay, this is quite exciting. We're going to get something out of this." But yeah. it's all, it failed badly. It wasn't just the players; it was uh, sorry, the coach. It was the players have to take responsibility as well. So, so Eddie's uh, and. A very very interesting figure, full stop. Um, and what he's the way he came in, and the way he handled being the coach of the Wallabies, and what he wanted to do with his team, prioritising youth over experience at this World Cup, uh, and then the aftermath of that, and then now obviously getting involved with Japan. It's it's a fascinating timeline. Uh, what do we learn about Eddie through this as a sports fan? One of the main factors in the documentary is all this about, and Tom Deason from the City Morning Herald, the journalist, broke the story where. Eddie Jones has had a Zoom meeting two weeks prior to Rugby World Cup with the Japanese rugby, and <laughs> that was always in the background of saying, hang on, "Hang on, is this real? Is it? Is is this what actually happened?" And or you know, and you're trying to think, "Okay, hang on, Eddie's just signed a four-year deal." with Rugby Australia to coach the Wallabies. And, you know, you know everyone talks about the pub test. If you, like, if, if any organisation, if you had a year, if you had six months to go on your contract, a Zoom meeting six months out with another um, employer, no problems at all. But when you're only six months into a four-year contract, <laughs> that was the big issue, was how, how can, how dare, and I think fans were saying, when they heard it was reasonably true, how dare our national coach do a job interview when you're six months into a four-year term. So I think that hurt a lot of people, a lot of fans, um, and the players were really unsure whether it happened or not. So you see a bit of that in in the doco, and that was probably, for me, that was the most disappointing part. Not 
not yes, it was disappointing that they lost matches and didn't make a quarter final in a Rugby World Cup for the first time ever. That was really sweet. But the main thing was for fans to see your national coach. Not 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 so much being a trader, but just going, OK, I'm going to look for something else in case things go pear-shaped here, which they did. And now Eddie Jones is the coach of the Japanese team. And the the, 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 the constant denial of that as well, which was a part of the storyline from the sporting fans' perspective as well. It was a fascinating period. Um, so it's three-one-hour hour eps, and you've obviously lived it as a, as a play. You're covering it these days with Stan as a commentator. Is there ups- How much upside is there for the Wallabies? Joe Schmidt's obviously in charge now. Uh, how much upside? Is there in your eyes? Oh, I think there's a lot of hope for you know rugby fans. I think you know when you know you look at um, you know the global game of rugby, it's very strong. When you go to rugby world cups and you see how big the game is globally and how sides like Spain and Georgia, you know, how they perform. So, you know, I've got a lot of hope for not just the Wallabies, but also Super Rugby. You know, it kicks off tomorrow night in Melbourne. Then you've got the Reds versus the Waratahs, New South Wales, Queensland, Saturday night in Brisbane. So, you know, I think I've got a lot of hope. The new coach, Joe Smith, for the Wallabies, um, you know, a lot of talk about how he's going to bring this side through. But I think for all fans around Australia, you, you want the Wallabies to beat the All Blacks. That's the... That's yep. the holy grail. But yep. before you do that, we've got to look after grassroots. We've got to look after, you know, young boys and girls that play the game in junior levels at sevens or ten or at school. They're the ones we've got to look after. That's what rugby's got to get back to. Just on Super Rugby, we've been following the the, uh, the progress and the situation with the Melbourne Rebels, obviously being a, a Melbourne radio station and a sports station. Uh, it's been a challenge for them, clearly. Your, um, your old mate Phil Wall's in charge there at Rugby Australia. They've let go all the staff. They're, we spoke to the coach yesterday, Kevin Foote, and I asked him how he's how he's handling managing this psychology of this situation. How big a challenge is it going to be for the Rebels, do you reckon, this year? Uh, well, I think they've probably recruited the best list they have um, out of all the other Super Rugby teams in Australia. They've, you know, Nick Stiles, who's the general manager at the Rebels, has done a great job. You know, Taniela Tupo and all the players that they've brought back. Lukan Solakola Loto from, you know, he's come back from the UK. He was a Queensland Reds player. So their list, their squad's as strong as any other team in the competition. But the hard thing now as a player, <clears throat> you, you virtually know that in four to five months' time, at the end of the Super Rugby, most likely, unless there's the Victorian government or a large benefactor, the Rebels won't play again. Yeah. So that that's the challenge. And as a player, that's destabilising. Same for a coach, but you can only do your talking on the field at the moment for the players. And uh, I feel I know Paul Doherty, the the former chairman of the Rebels, very well. I thought he did a wonderful job with you know um, not just off the field but also on the field for the Rebels and the, and, and the women's game and the, and the community game was really strong in Victoria um, but I just can't understand why you'd let a tax bill get to over $11 million and mm. some other things that happened so that's the that's the challenge for Rugby Australia and for Phil Ward to you know make sure they get through one this season then how do we try and save them you know I think that in Super Rugby in Australia we, we've got the talent to have five teams we just don't have the financial stability you have five teams. Yep, it's certainly a story we'll be continuing to follow, but hopefully a great start for them tomorrow night against the Brumbies at Amy Park. Tim, great to chat to you. Uh, I can't wait to get my teeth into this doco, the Stan Original documentary series, The Wallabies Inside Rugby World Cup 23, now streaming only on Stan. Appreciate your time. Good luck for the Super Rugby season.